0: What would it mean for you, your team, your organization, to be able to tap into pools of talent that your competition simply aren't? Hi, and welcome to Helping You Perform. I'm your host, Paul Teasdale. Over a career working with high-performing teams from across the globe, including seven years working with Formula One team McLaren, I've learned a lot about what it takes to drive results. In this weekly podcast series, I'm going to be bringing you tips, tricks, and insights from the world of Formula One that you can apply for your organisation for your own high performance. Enjoy. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Helping You Perform podcast, where I'm bringing tips, tricks, and insights from the world of Formula One that I've picked up in my seven years working with the McLaren team. Ultimately, I want to take those lessons, present them back to you so that you can apply them to your organization, your team, or your own performance. In today's session, episode six, we're going to be talking about people. Now, episode five, we started talking about action and remember at the moment, we're going through a bit of a deep dive week by week in the rapid performance framework, so R for results, A for action, we're in P for people this week, We've got I for insights and D for data to come. Now, when it comes to the subject of people, there's so much to learn from this high performing world of Formula One. And there's probably too much to get over to you in just this one episode. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to focus on one aspect of the people element. And then in later episodes, we can deep dive into other aspects as well. So today I'm going to be talking about how do you make sure you've got the right people in the right positions for your organization. Now, when I first joined McLaren, one of the things that I was really intrigued to learn more about was mission control. So this is the high-tech decision-making environment that uh, is in the McLaren Technology Center, where all of that data is crunched. All of those numbers are run and all of the experts come together to make the strategic decisions that are required throughout a race weekend, and in particular, during the race. Now, just to give you a bit of an idea, there are lots of technical experts in that space. So there's people who know all about the tyres, all about the engine, all about the aerodynamics, and they're looking at the facts and figures as they're going through the race to see what's happening compared to what they thought was going to happen. And there's a key role in amongst all of this, which is the strategist. The strategist is there to make the decisions, bring all those insights and information and data together and actually make the decisions that need to be made. So each driver has their own strategist and they are responsible, that strategist responsible for those key decisions during a race. Now, these could include things like when to pit, what tires to pit onto, And what should you do if there is a a crash or a red flag, or um, there is some sort of safety car incident, what do you do in those circumstances? And ultimately, it's the strategist who's making that decision. They're bringing in all the insights and information from the experts, but they're the ones who need to make that decision and communicate it out to the driver. Now, one of the things I was intrigued to find out was that one of those key roles, one of the key strategists, that person who was sitting in that chair, making what some high pressure, high stakes decisions was somebody who wasn't even from a Formula One background originally, not even from a technical uh, mechanical engineering type background, but was actually from a legal background. Now this young lady who was sitting in that role was able to excel at that role of being a strategist and was allowed to be in that role as a strategist, because McLaren had a great way of thinking about how do we make sure we get the right people in the right places. Now, typically, and as happens in a lot of organizations, typically what uh, goes on is you say, who's had the experience of doing this before? Who's got five years experience working as a strategist so that we can get those strategists in? Now that has some advantages. You know that that person has done the role before, but it also has disadvantages. First and foremost is you are minimizing the pool of potential potential talent that you can get your hands on. You're also assuming that those five years of experience have been positive and have been aligned to what you're trying to achieve in your organization as well. So there's some assumptions and some challenges that can be had in there. So how do you go about making sure that you've got the right people in the right places? Now, this is where the rapid performance framework can start to come in because we've already talked about the results. We've talked about the actions. Now the actions in this case are the decisions around things like when to pit and uh, what tyres to go onto, all of that sort of stuff. Now, once you know those actions, you can think about this ACEs model. So ACEs stands for action, capabilities, environment and support. So if you know what those actions are, the things that people need to decide on and, and actions to be taken, then what are the actual core capabilities required for that decision making or for that role that, uh, that's taking those actions or deciding on those actions. And if you really challenge yourself, you can start to say, no, no, let's not talk about experience, let's talk about the capability, what capabilities are required in order to make that role successful. Once you've got those capabilities in play, you can start to look at the environment in which people are operating, how does the environment, the team environment, the physical environment, support that person working at their best. And then the final one is S for support, which is how do you make sure you've got ongoing support and ongoing um, capability build and expertise building for those individuals as well. So if I go back to that strategist role, what McLaren were really great at doing is say, right, what capabilities do we need when it comes to strategic decision-making? Well, first and foremost, you need to be able to make decisions. Now this sounds fairly fundamental, but ultimately you need someone who's really good at being decisive. Someone who's not going to sit on the fence, want more, more data and and everything else before they make a decision. These are time critical decisions that are being made. So you need someone who is comfortable with ambiguity, comfortable with what they've got and is able to come up with a decision and stick with that. The second capability is that analytical element. You know, they need to be able to digest and understand data and information that's coming to them from all sorts of different angles in order to support their decision. And then a final example of a capability there would be around the communication that person needs to be clear and concise about what the decision is that they've made. So that there's no ambiguity when it comes to am I pitting or not it's like maybe we should pit in the next uh, lap or two that doesn't help in the middle of a race it's box now or. Letting people know that you're not boxing now it's it's very much a case of I'm making that decision i'm sticking with it now let's take action. So this was a great example of thinking about what capabilities, do we need in order to make that role successful and that allowed that team to step back and go we don't need people necessarily who've done that job before. Yes, there might be people who have done that job before and are brilliant um, in that role, and there's been plenty of examples of of those, but we can open up our eyes to different pools of talent to find out people who've got those types of types of capability. And, as you said, in this example, you know it's looking into the world of legal Now, legal people have to be decisive, they have to take in a lot of information and they have to be able to communicate that really well so why shouldn't you look to legal experience to help you with uh, strategic roles like that so have a think about what that means to your organization what would it mean for you your team your organization to be able to tap into pools of talent that your competition simply aren't they're being ignored might be even you know might have some financial advantages you might be looking into pools of talent that are traditionally paid less than you are so you can get them cheaper than other people or it might be that you're simply getting much better people because they've got strong capabilities that they've built up their expertise in those areas they're just looking for a different application so have a think about what this ACES model could mean for you. Look at the actions and the core things, the decisions that are being made in your organization, and what are the capabilities that you really need before thinking about does the physical environment, the team environment support that, and what support am I giving that person to give them that ability to build their own expertise over the years? So if you want to know more about the ACES model, more about the people element and how to get the right people in the right areas, do check out the Rapid Performance uh, detailed uh, online course, which is on my website, which is paulteasdale.co.uk. Or like all of these, and I'll say this every week and you'll probably get sick of me hearing it uh, saying it, is contact me. Go to paulteesdale.co.uk. There is a, a button there for contacting me with a free absolutely no obligation, one on one 30 minute chat, where we can talk about what this means to you and to your team and your organisation, and how we could move it forward. And what value can I add in that situation. So hopefully, this episode has given you a bit of insights as to what the people element of the rapid performance framework start to look like? And how can I make sure I've got the right people in those right roles? In next week's episode, we're going to start to cover off the I for insights. What are insights? What do they mean? How do they differ from data and information? And what does it mean to have an insight? What are some of those examples from Formula One, that insights that help people in their performance? I look forward to listening, hearing from you uh, as you go through. Do give me some feedback. Drop me a line at any stage. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of the Helping You Perform podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Helping You Perform podcast. If you found value in this episode, please take a moment to like, share, or review the podcast. You can reach out to me at any time, either through LinkedIn or through my website at www.paulteasdell.co.uk. I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode.